0: Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere, the fish are
1: biting.
0: Rod and Real Radio, brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Maine, or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck, or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right. here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over
1: the United States. Now here's your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson and everyone in Southern California. Welcome again to another live edition of Rod and Real Radio. I am your host, Hop along John Cassidy, your underfish host. Haven't been out here for a few weeks, but we'll be taking care of that this week. We want to welcome you to the show. We know there's a lot of things you can do out there in Southern California, especially with this great autumn weather that we're having. We're happy that you choose to spend a little bit of time with us. I think you're gonna make we're gonna make it worth your while. Let me give you an idea of what's gonna be happening tonight. Right out of the gate, we're gonna have Bill Melton from the Port of San Diego. He is a lead engineer for the Shelter Island. Boat Ramp Improvement Project, yes, the boat ramp at Shelter Island is going to be improved. We're going to find out all about it, the ifs, ands, and buts, wins, and the particulars, so stay tuned. Bill will be with us right out of the gate. But later on in during the show, Troy Linder will join us. Troy right now is testing out an all-electric outboard motor from the Pure Watercraft company out of seattle washington we're going to want to find out uh, how that's going he was fishing most of the lakes here in san diego this past week so we're going to catch up with what troy's doing and then if it's november besides being thanksgiving it's also bassathon time yep the 30th anniversary of the bassathon is going to be taking place this november 19th and 20th at Angler's Marine, Rick Grover, owner and operator of Angler's Marine, is going to be with us. And we're going to get all the details on what's going to be happening on this epic Southern California event. But before we get into all of that, first of all, Stan Vandenberg, he's on the Indianapolis right now on a uh, long-range trip, so he's not with us. But I'm sure he's out there stroking them. But going to be with us for a little while is the other host of Ron Real Reel Radio. She is the National Sales Manager for Iserline, and a pretty fine outdoor enthusiast in her own right, Ms. Wendy Tushahara. Wendy, welcome, ma'am.
2: Thank you very much. I had a busy week. I went deer hunting on Friday. I went to Vegas yesterday, came back the same day, and now I'm in San Diego for Don Hanson's uh, celebration, appreciation well, dinner.
1: It sounds like you got a great program. I know last week you couldn't be with us, but you were with the uh, the CCA event up there in Orange County. Uh, and, uh, you know, talking to Wayne and a number of other people that were there, that seemed to be a really good event.
2: It was. It was a blast, too. Everybody was happy. Everybody was asking at the end of the night, you know, when's your next one? Are you going to have another crawfish boil? We really liked it. You know, and, and it was great to see everybody come out, and um, the even our sponsors. I mean, we had um, we we had uh, unlimited beer and rum and crawfish and chicken and and sausage from Carne De Teresa. It was and, and great raffle prizes, silent auction, and live auction prizes also. So it was fun.
1: Sounds like it was an exciting event. Hey, Wendy, let's get on to our first guest because we have him on for a limited time. He's, uh, he's kind of uh, uh, wedging us in between a few other things that he's doing on this Sunday night. He is a lead engineer for the Port of San Diego when it comes to the Shelter Island Boat Ramp uh, Improvement Project. Let's introduce our listening uh, audience to Mr. Bill Melton. And Bill, welcome to Rod and Real Radio. Well,
3: thank you, John. Glad to be here.
1: Hey, you know, I can't tell you how happy I am to be able to talk to you and talk a little bit about the Shelter Island launch ramp. You know, the Shelter Island launch ramp, for most people that fish out of Southern California, it just seems like it's something that has been there forever. It's one of the busiest launch ramps uh, when it comes to launching into the Pacific Ocean in California. It's reported to have something like 50,000 launches a year you know it, it's been there forever but can you tell us before we get into what's going to be happening with the launch ramp here in the future can you give us a little history about the launch ramp itself
3: i sure will no the, the uh i want to say thanks to the california department of uh parks and recreation the division of boating and waterways they're the ones that's funding this them plus the wildlife conservation board the um the boat launch was originally built Right around 1956, it was updated to what is what's there right now in 77. That is, we put in a ten, 10 lane ramp plus the jetty that protected it, and that's that's uh, that's really the history of it. If we studied the the ramp for this project, and that's where the fifty thousand launches per year came around. We uh, we had somebody out there for several times for several they came at different periods of time during um about a two or three year stretch and counted the boats and determined that there was 50,000 launches per year and that when i told that to the division of boating and waterways they said that it was the busiest boat launch in california
1: wow you know and and we do want to thank the uh, uh california parks department of uh uh, boating and waterways they all are they are in part a sponsor of rod and Real radio and a lot of people sit there and they go where is my tax money especially my fuel tax money going what is it funding it seems like we never see it this is a major example of one of the prime projects that in part is being funded by the department of boating and, and waterways and obviously uh, it's a big project but you know, to give us kind of a scope of this project, uh, Bill, how long has it been since you first started recognizing there was a need to do something with a project and then working on the engineering for what might be done to improve the facility?
3: Well, we actually started studying this back in, 19, in 2000. And the engineer at that time was Jim Treffer, and we've gone through about five different project managers on this project simply because it's taken a while. And, and projects like this, um, they take a while because they have such involvement with the state, uh, like like I was saying, the, the Parks and Recreation Department and the public. So what we started to do was simply maintain the, the boat ramp itself because it is deteriorating. It's a concrete structure. It went in in 77, so it had a life of about 25 or 30 years. And so when it came time to maintenance it, we applied for a grant, and the and the, uh, the state gave us the grant and said, uh, we want you to move forward with a design. While you do, reach out to the public and find out what the problems are that they see. And so what the public came back uh, with, and this was after several meetings, and it took years during design and public outreach. They wanted a wider entrance, and that's for visibility in and out of the basin. They wanted more maneuvering area inside the basin. They basically wanted it to be a, a bigger uh, basin itself. And then they wanted more docking space. So that's, that's when the, uh, the uh, Parks Department said, well, let's not just replace the ramp. Let's go ahead and redesign the whole facility. And so we went into to redesign the whole facility, and that's where we're at today. We're, we have completed that design, and we're getting ready to go into construction.
1: Well, what a lot of people may not realize is that you just can't come up with a plan to the Port District. You get the money together and go, okay, let's go out and do that. There is almost an infinite amount of special permits and uh, environmental uh, impact reports and other things that have to be satisfied before you can even turn over the first rock over there you want to can you go into some of the some detail uh, you know it doesn't have to be uh, uh, you know real laborious about some of the hurdles that you had to get over before you finally got the okay to go ahead with this project
3: well once we once we nailed down exactly what it was we wanted to to do with the boat ramp we had to go through the basic uh, California Environmental Quality Act study that's called CEQA. and also said every project that of this size that uh, goes into the port has to go through a, what's called a master plan a port master plan amendment and so those two items the CEQA and the port master plan amendment was rolled up into one uh, study and and it that was called a wound wound up being a mitigated negative declaration. Now, these are a lot of uh, technical jargon I understand. Basically, what that means is we go out and study the the impacts that this project will have to the area, that is, the traffic impacts, the um, biological impacts, and and if there are impacts, which there would be, there's mitigation measures we're going to take in order to uh, minimize or eliminate those impacts, and that's what those studies were all about. And those studies took um, many years just because of the volume of information you have to gather. And they've been completed and and were certified back in November of this year. The next hurdle, or maybe I shouldn't call it a hurdle, but the next permit you have to get is a Coastal Development Permit. And that was approved, and finally, and I say finally because it just takes a while to get this through the system, it was approved, I believe it was uh, June of this year. Then we go through and have uh, the California Regional Water Quality Control Board. We simply call it the Water Board Permit, and we also have an Army Corps of Engineer Permit. And we're anticipating the Army Corps Permit to be completed about the 24th of this month, so it's right around the corner. As soon as that permit is completed, then we can finalize our, our plans and specifications and put them out to bid. Does that give you a little idea of the kind of permits that we need?
1: Well, wow. you know, you know, Bill, I can understand now why there have been five project engineers in the life of this improvement project. You just plain wear them out. And, you know, and have to find a new one. That's totally incredible, and I don't think any of our listeners listening even have an idea of what has to be done before the first rock is turned over. Now. I'm going to go uh, under the assumption that most of the people that uh, are listening to the show have been to the Shelter Island uh, launch ramp uh, once in the past thirty years or so. They they know what it's all about. Can you basically tell us what some of the improvements are going to be, and and try and and uh, uh, give us a verbal picture as much as you can on on what's going to be replacing what and what's going to happen?
3: Oh, sure. And I also want to invite the public to our open house. It's going to be this Thursday, the 17th, at the Port of San Diego Administration Building. And it will be from 530 to 7. And what we're going to do is set up displays and have the project team there answering questions to the public. It's not going to be a a, a, a um, forum where somebody stands and talks to the public. It's going to be just a, like a open house where we're going to mingle with everyone and just... And, t- and give them an idea of what the benefits of the project is going to be, what its schedule is going to be, what its scope is going to be, and we'll have pictures and renderings of it so people can look at it. So the scope of the project is, as you probably know, there's a jetty on the south side of the, of the boat launch that protects the launch from the wakes in the bay. That jetty is going to be removed and replaced with a seawall, and the seawall is going to have a walkway on top of it. That's how we're going to push the basin out and give it more maneuvering area. Because instead of the rock jetties, it will simply have a seawall on the interior of the basin. We're removing the, we're replacing the ramp with a new ramp, and it will still be the same ten lane width ramp. It's just going to be new, so the deteriorated concrete won't will no longer be there. And we're also putting in new dock spaces. Now the docks are going to ring the the perimeter of the basin, so instead of the, right now I think we have about 120 feet of dock space. We're going to have nearly 500 feet of dock space when we're finished. So we are increasing the interior of the basin by something in the order of 80%, and we're increasing the the uh, docking length by something like 300%, so it's a huge improvement. And we're staying
1: within the same footprint of the basin. Yeah, Bill, Wendy's got a question. Uh, Wendy?
2: I've seen I see the rendering, and I really like the design. You know, the it would entrance, when you come in um, from the water, from the bay, is in the middle instead of on the left side now. Um, and uh, there's a lot more room. I mean, especially, you know, because of the Bay Bass Tournament, you know, all those people trying to get in and out, um, even turning around. I, it, it's Gosh, it's going to be such an improvement. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, Bill, you had to get a variance uh, on that opening, too. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that, the opening,
3: one of the things the public wanted was a wider opening. The existing opening is about 25 feet, and when it gets down a little tight, it may be even narrower than that, so it gets pretty congested. The average boat that's out there is about 22 feet long. So um, the, the, the state has guidelines for the width of openings for uh, basins like this, and that's 75 feet. However, when you make it that wide, it doesn't protect it as well. And so we, we asked the state if we could narrow it down to 60 feet, and, and they agreed. So it's it's still wider than what their guidelines were, make it a little bit wider than two lengths of the average boat that's in there. So it meets their minimum guidelines.
1: You know, Bill, one of the things that people are going to probably scratch their head and, and uh, question about is they. They they look at the footprint of the old ramp. They look at the footprint of the new ramp, and they go, "Why the heck didn't you push that thing out, you know, widthwise and lengthwise more out into the bay?" And and there's a good reason why you didn't do that.
3: Yeah, there is. the the uh, The bay has parked state lands, and it's also got uh, shipping lanes in it, and it really dives deep. As you get out of the basin, it's a you know this, this is engineering language, so and, and I'm sure a lot of people can understand it. So, but please bear with me. The basin is at a minus eight uh, elevation, and as you get outside the basin, it dies down to a minus fifty foot elevation pretty quickly. And so, we did in order. The farther you move out into the into the um, bay, not only do you start encroaching on into state lands and encroaching into the shipping lanes you also start making the project just immensely more expensive because the walls have to be a whole lot taller to reach the bottom of the bay
1: all right hey we are speaking with Mr. Bill Melton he is the from the Port of San Diego and the lead engineer on the Shelter Island a boat ramp improvement project bill we got to take a break right now is there any way we can uh, get you to stay on for just a little bit longer
3: You sure can. I've got got another 10 minutes I think I can spend with you. I appreciate the the opportunity to let the public know about
1: this. All right. Hey, you're listening to Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or uh, live at rodandrealradio.com. Wendy and I, will be back after these messages.
5: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
6: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
7: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 or hmlanding.com.
8: 2015 and 16, quantum fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand-new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355.
0: It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio. I, <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream.
1: That is just absolutely awesome. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio, and we have with us tonight a special guest, Mr. Bill Melton. He is from the Port of San Diego and is a lead engineer for the Shelter Island Boat Ramp Improvement Project that's going to be happening here real soon. And, you know, I, I Bill, I had a, a, a certain, you know, order that I wanted to put things in. And I've got to tell you, my uh, message uh, uh, have been lighting up. Everyone wants to know, what's the time schedule for this? So I'm going to go out of order here just a little bit. And... Can you tell us exactly uh, what's the time frame from the time that uh, the ramp's going to be closed to when you anticipate it will be reopened? And what is the projection that what's going to be happening with regards to launching in that interim?
3: Sure. That's, that's actually very good, Mike. What I'd like to let people know Is that this is a six to 10 month project and it will need to be closed for part of that time, mainly for safety. As you can imagine, there's going to be large equipment uh, moving around because we are removing the rock jetties with the cranes and barges and trucks. And so we are not going to interfere with the Bass Tournament in January. We're going to wait till that's completed and we're planning on early in in late February, excuse me, going into construction. I plan on going to the board to get a contractor approved in early February, and then we're off to the races at that point. We um, will be uh, closing the ramp down at the end of February and going into full construction mode. And then towards summer, we're going to be... um, and, And honestly, I'd like to be able to just keep it closed to get it completed, and then open it up. However, it's very important to allow the public to have access, so we're going to let let one ramp stay open from Memorial Day through Labor Day, and then we're going to close it up and then uh, complete the project and move on. So the project should be completed about 10 months after it starts, which is right around November to December of 2018. Then we'll have a nice new facility.
1: And we're really talking about limited access because, as I understand it, if you have one ramp, what's going to happen is uh, the boat and its vehicle or whatever's launching there is going to have to pull up, back out, launch. And then instead of pulling out and going out left and going through there, they're going to have to go back the way that they came in, and the next boat's going to have to wait for them to clear before they can gain access to the ramp. Is, is that a fair assumption?
3: That's exactly right. Right now it has uh, it has a big circle type of a driveway where you pull in one side, it's one way, and, and you launch a ramp and you leave the other side. When construction is going on, that's going to be demolished because they're building a new ramp, and there'll be a big sheet pile coffer cofferdamp that's going to be blocking it. There will be one 15-foot wide lane open. and And so what we're going to do to try to mitigate this impact is, just direct people to the other ramps in the area. We have a ramp down at Chula Vista, National City, Coronado, Mission Bay has a couple of ramps and there's even a ramp up in Oceanside. So there's there are alternatives that are that uh, I, I would direct folks to to use if they can uh, if they can do
1: so. All right,, hey, let's go over quickly just some of the the points here that, that people always ask about when looking at the ramp. Number one, there is all that beautiful rock that forms the jetty that's been there since, uh, you know, the early 50s. Uh, what's going to happen to uh, uh, that rock jetty and all the material that it's made up of?
3: Well, we're going to use reuse as much of that rock revetment as we can site. We have revetment that has to go inside the basin to protect the, the uh, ramp itself. And then we're going to be filling in around the outside of uh new wall to help stop scour. Uh, so we'll be reusing as much as we can. And then what we don't use, we're going to haul off site to, uh, to go to a landfill. Now, I, I must say that when it goes to this landfill, um, this is going to be nice rock, so it can be reused. It'll be up to a landfill to determine what exactly you want to. Now, while, while I'm at it, I'd like to, uh, to let folks know that we do have a website, it's uh, portofsaniegoorg forward slash S-I-B-L. And you can go there to answer your questions and get updates on the project at any time. And uh, once we get started, we'll have a, a timeline posted so people can see what's going on, and we'll also let people know if the, if the ramp is open or if it's closed.
1: All right, and uh, just one more uh, note on the rock, a lot of people say, well, why can't you just take it and barge it out to the ocean and lay it down as, as as a reef so we can have more fishing habitat? Because anyone that's fished off of Coronado and Imperial Beach know that that, uh, that bottom is flatter than your Aunt Tilly in most places. So uh, uh, what's the reasoning uh, behind that, Bill?
3: Well, that's a good question, and I'm really glad you asked because that, that question comes up a lot. The In, in California, any project has to go through an environmental process, and so we cannot just take uh, and, and go and create an artificial reef somewhere without having a project, and that project has to go through the California Environmental Equality Act Review, CEQA, to determine if, to determine if it has impacts and to mitigate those impacts, just like this, this project did. And that would take probably one to two years of environmental study just to get through that process. And so, if somebody has a, a project that they need revetment, uh, we are not uh, stuck where we're at. Right now, we have a solid plan. Uh, the, the SQL analysis requires that we d- define exactly what we're going to do with the rocks So we have. If we find a less impactful use for it, for instance, another permitted project, then come and see me and we can see if we can accommodate that.
1: All right, and uh, a couple of other questions real quick. Uh, you know, the technology in concrete has improved considerably since uh, uh, 1957 and uh, the 1967, 1977. Is there going to be a uh, a type of concrete that's going to be poured to create this ramp that is different than the concrete that was used in previous ramps?
9: Mm,
3: that's a good. That's a really good question. The the uh, this ramp was constructed in 1976, and the technologies have improved. We will be creating this in the dry. Uh, that's what a copper dam is about. You we build a dam around the existing ramp, pump the water out of it, and then demolish the ramp and build a new one. So it will be as as uh, as modern technology as there is will be put into building this ramp.
1: All right, and uh, uh, when you do the improvement on the launch ramp, how about other things like uh, handicap parking, uh, the restrooms, uh, more available, less available space? Uh, what's going to be happening there? Well,
3: the scope of this project is to um, remove the jetties, put in a new seawall with a walkway, and the walkway is going to be six foot wide, So, so and it will be sloped so, slightly so that it will be ADA accessible which is, I think, a very important item. We're, we're going to improve the restrooms to the current ADA uh, requirements, which is actually they're pre- they're in pretty good shape as they are now. They just need a little bit of adjustments inside. And we're going to install a couple of uh, boat and tra- uh, truck and trailer length um, accessible stalls up near the restroom for those boaters that may need it. Uh, the rest of the parking is going to remain pretty much the same as it is. The, the majority of the construction and, and the work is going to be actually on the boat ramp itself. So the scope includes the ramp, the, the seawall, the jetties, and we will put in a, a um, concreted kayak drop-off area that's just on the south side of the ramp itself.
1: Now, uh, I know that also while you were planning this, you were trying to look at alternative sites because just, you know, taking out of commission a, uh, uh, a launch ramp that is launching almost 1,000 a, a vehicles a month, that's a, a pretty big hit. Uh, uh, what, uh, what have you come up with uh, that you can recommend that people do with regards to alternative launching areas?
3: Well, during during construction, the uh, the ramps that will be open will be on J Street in Chula Vista at the J Street Marina, in National City at Pepper Park Marina, in uh, Coronado, uh, and then there's a couple in Mission Bay, and there's one up in Oceanside. And if you're military, there's also a ramp there in the uh, at MCRD, and there's a a kayak type of ramp or a small ramp up by um, the uh, off the of Nimitz Boulevard, uh, by the—I uh, I can't recall the name of that shopping center—but I'd like to say while I have while I have you on the line, and, and I'm able to say it, I want everyone to know that the Port of San Diego staff and and all of us there—we pride ourselves on giving back to the community that we serve. We we are uh, performing this work to the best of our ability, and we and we intend on. Um, Providing a world-class facility when we're complete, we took uh, time to study it, got a lot of input from the from the community, and uh, developed what I think is a really fine plan. Now, during that review, we did look at alternative ramp down at the um, south end of the uh, of the parking lot by the Valley High, and that that had pros and cons the but the end result was with the with the wake action um, it just was a better idea to to improve the current facility rather than to move the facility and the ramp down to the south end
1: well you know and also again we have to thank the california state parks department of boating and waterways uh, they're coming up with uh, over six million dollars for this project which doesn't even be pay begin to pay for the whole project, but uh, it couldn't be done without them.
3: It certainly could not. They they actually they came up with six point one million dollars, and then they brought in a partner, the Wildlife Conservation Board, and and they thought that this met uh, with their requirements, so they're giving another three point three five million dollars. So all told, the state is is coming up with nine almost nine and a half million dollars to do this project. Now, Port of San Diego, with with our resources, uh, will be also providing funds for this project because it's, um, that, that's really the bare engineering and construction costs that, that we're coming up with, and there's a lot of other uh, soft costs that we have to deal with as well. So um, we are really, really blessed to have uh, the the resources that we have to do this work.
1: You know, Bill, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spent. I know you're going to be having the open house. Can you please tell us again, for those people that might have been caught unaware of, when the open house is going to be, where it's going to be, to view what's happening and talk to the actual people that are involved with this project. And then if people want to prepare themselves a little bit ahead of time to see what the project is all about, what it looks like, where can they go to get that information?
3: Sure. So the, the, uh, the Port of San Diego Administration Building is, you know, I'm going to say the address, so if anybody I'm giving you a second to go get your pens, it's at 3165 Pacific Highway, San Diego, California, 92101. It's on the corner of Sassafras Street and Pacific Highway, and it's that big square building that has the words Port of San Diego written on the side of it. You can see it from I-5 or from Pacific Highway. It's very, very obvious. On Thursday evening, from five thirty to seven—that's Thursday, November seventeenth—we'll be having a open house. And so, please come and join us. Uh, we're setting up uh, projectors and screens so that we can have slideshows and a projection of of the renderings for the facility. And we'll have the whole team there that worked on it through the environmental and the structural and the and and the planning. Uh, we have right now my team. Or our team consists of probably fifteen individuals that are working on it today. The um, we've we've had a, a history of people working on it, depending on what phase it was in. Uh, our managers will be there. My manager Dirk uh, Epperson will be there to to um, help out. He's really an excellent person to give information. And um, and, and um, we're actually just looking forward to letting the public know. Now the website we have is uh, at the the. The port's website is wwwportofsandiegoorg forward slash S-I-B-L. So you can go there for information, and there's also a link to send me an email to, or to send the project team an email, and we watch that email every day, and we do our best to respond to any questions within 24 hours. So please send us your questions. We'll be happy to answer them.
1: You know, Bill, I was uh, one of the uh, thousands of freshwater fishermen that had to suffer through the closure of Lake San Vicente with the uh, water project that was there, but we were all also promised that there would be a great launch ramp and a brand-new facility for us to launch uh, from. That lake was closed to us for eight years, but I've got to tell you, when it opened up, That facility is beautiful. And I can only liken it uh, to what's going to be happening here at Shelter Island. Yeah, there's going to be some inconvenience, and there's going to be times when the ramp is not going to be accessible to us. But I think when the thing opens up and we start using it, we are going to be extremely thankful that it happened and thankful to the Port of San Diego that they took the money and the energy and the time to do this because it's a long time coming and it's really needed well
3: thank you i i completely agree i, I am i am i and my whole team are really excited about this project we want it to be world class we want it to shine and bring people to the waterfront that's what we that's what we are there for to try to build facilities that draw people to the waterfront so that um, they can enjoy this beautiful place we call san diego
1: And not only that, I know a lot of the fishermen that fish up and down the coast and launch in different areas, they also realize that when they come and launch at the Shelter Island launch ramp, it is totally free. There's no uh, charge to the fish there. And in this day and age, that's really a a unique thing.
3: Yeah, there is no charge, and, and there are no plans to charge for launching at the Shelter Island boat launch. And there's... Uh, One thing I'd like to say, uh, there is no fishing there, and and, uh, with regard to construction, uh, occasionally folks will come in and dump their bait in or around the the boat launch, and I'd like to ask everybody to please do not do that. We're going to start a public outreach, part of our public outreach to to slow that activity down. And the reason is because there's some sea lions that love to come around and and, uh, eat that bait, and what happens during construction when the sea lions come in we have to stop construction and wait for them to swim away and so wow. that will slow down our construction so uh, well, i'd appreciate it if everybody would keep that under consideration and just try not to feed the sea lions
1: all right uh bill if we can uh, if you will allow us for us to check with you from time to time to see how the project is going just like we did at san vicente always uh, appreciate hearing from you and i hope that uh, you will respond and, and come to us to, to give us updates, uh, the, the pros and cons of, of what's happening. And Wendy and I and our listeners, we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be with us. Thank you.
3: Well, thank you, John, and thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it. And thanks again to the California State Parks Department, the Division of Boating and
1: Waterways, and the Wildlife Conservation Board for making this all possible. All right. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope you have a good night. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, uh, uh, that was Bill Melton, lead engineer for the Shelter Island boat ramp improvement project from the Port of San Diego. And Wendy, I know uh, it's an exciting thing that, that's going to be happening, but also right now uh, we're going to have to say good evening to you because you've got a lot more things to be doing this evening.
2: Yes, I do. I have to get going, but uh, that was a great interview, and I'm looking forward to see see the ramp go in and. And like you said, it's great because no other place um, that I've been, uh, other launch ramps, are you able to go launch without a fee except for in San Diego.
1: You got it. Wendy, you have yourself a great night. We look forward to speaking to you again next Sunday night, okay?
2: All righty. Talk to you soon.
1: All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Phil Friedman is going to be with us. Stay tuned. You're going to want to hear... Phil's report. We'll be back after these messages.
10: Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net.
4: Tuna hooks, ring the hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now.
5: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
6: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
5: This portion
1: of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rocklease Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rocklease at your local fishing tackle dealer. And welcome back to our Rod and Reel Radio. Well, this is kind of a bittersweet moment for Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, I'm going to be introducing to you a individual that I've become very friendly with over the past years. Uh, what he does for fishing, but the community in general is just outstanding when it comes to giving of himself and the people that he brings into this great, great event that we call Fishing. He is the voice of PFO Outdoors, Phil Friedman. Phil Friedman, how the heck are you?
12: I'm really happy to see that you got that check I sent you for 50 bucks <laughs> to say all that nice stuff about me. I'm good, John. How are you tonight, my
1: friend? Phil, we are, we are doing great, but I say this is bittersweet because you are going to be turning the page in the Phil Friedman Life uh, storybook. And I don't know what you want to do first. If you want to... Give your fish report or if you want to give us a little idea on just what's going to be happening to you in the next year.
12: Yeah, it's not like I'm going to jail or anything, everybody. So let me do the fishing first, and and then uh, then I'll, I'll get into that whole thing. Before I do the fishing, though, John, um, it's no mistake that I uh, do your show every single week, because as you said, we've become very, very good friends over the past years. And i got to tell you, there's a shortage of people that are trustworthy, have a great work ethic, all of those things that I admire you for, honest, decent, and that goes for your wife. I've spent time with her down in Mexico. Just a cut above everybody, John, and uh, making me part of this has been really something very, very special, mostly because of your friendship.
1: Well, thank you, Phil. And, uh, Let's get on with the fishing part, because we, stu- we still have a couple more lies to tell before we get you out of here.
12: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And, uh, you know, before we break into tears or something, let's talk about that bluefin tuna that is biting out there on Tanner Bank, because, man, it is phenomenal fishing, 100-plus pounds bluefin tuna. There's been fish up over 200 pounds. There's a lot of that 120-pound bluefin running around. Spectacular, what I would call bonus fishing. Here we are starting to push up against things. Thanksgiving, and anglers can go on a day, even a a day-and-a-half trip, and get a shot At a long-range-sized fish in November of 2016, it is really spectacular. And I was looking at the water temps out there near Tanner, and there's a couple of bubbles of very warm water still. So before we get a blow or before we get some inclement weather that could reduce those water temperatures and chase these BFT out of there, it is a great time to get out on the water. What a spectacular bite. It seems to me like the ratio is like you get one out of every five hook. They are tough big nasty fish and i was talking to don ashley from pierpoint landing in long beach and donnie was saying it's like a throwback to zane gray or the days in the early 1900s that's exactly what this looks like and it sure does in fact the tornado donnie's boat will be going tomorrow night out of pierpoint landing in long beach so they're going to be heading out there the freedom is going on tuesday there's boats all out of newport and several landings if you're interested check around find the boat and crew that you like and Go out there and give it a shot. At Catalina Island, John, really excellent fishing on yellowtail. I mean, they're not big fish, but, I mean, anytime you can get 150 to 200 yellowtail on the boat, and that's pretty easy right now. It's really good. Call it three- to five-pound fish with the jackpot fish, probably seven or eight pounds. Not really huge fish, but really excellent bite on the yellows over there and the the hope is that they're going to grow a little bit bigger hang out over the winter time and then they'll be ready to rock again next year but really nice fishing and there's also some squid there's not re- what we would call commercial quantities of squid at catalina island but there's plenty for bait right now boats are making plenty for bait in fact donnie was telling me the new Loanne actually ran all the way up from san diego to catalina to make squid for a trip that he had and then went back down so Nice to see that. Locally, there's some yellowfin tuna bouncing around the 267 and out there around the 209, even on the 14-mile bank at times, wherever you find the better water. You find some porpoise, or I should say dolphin, and those YFT have been mixing up with that. There's been fish on the kelps, and at times it gets pretty good. The Western Pride had 30 or so fish earlier in the week. And that is some pretty darn good local fishing. If you're after fish tacos, there's great rock fishing. That is continuing on the local scene from Long Beach to San Pedro to down south Newport, Oceanside. All of those guys are doing really, really well. And up in the Channel Islands, John, I guess lingcod would be the word I would underline. There's been several days where both have had three fish limits of length, a mirage the pacific islander uh, just go on and on and on that fleet up there is awesome the customer service up there out of cisco sport fishing and oxnard is awesome and the fishing is right up and matching it right now just tremendous fishing so really bonus fishing feels like summer outside and we are catching giant bluefin all the links you could possibly want there's squid at catalina island and yellowtail and john there's no end inside as long as we hang on to some good
1: weather You know, and you're mentioning that catch ratio, but also I've looked at some of the reports when it comes to those bluefin tuna and the fishermen that are going out there with the correct gear, the heavy gear, they're coming back with uh, on two-day trips, especially uh, two, maybe three bluefin tuna, you know, or close to limits. So, yeah, even though a lot of them are getting away. If you listen to what we've been talking about here for it seems like the past five months, six months, that if you go out there prepared, you're going to have yourself the opportunity to still catch a fish of a lifetime, Phil. Now, you know, yeah, go on.
12: I was going to say that is really sage advice because you you are going to catch more fish if you prepare before you even walk on the boat. That's the time to get ready. And if you do that and get the right gear and you go to a, a mom-and-pop tackle store where they can give you advice, like hey, my favorite angler's arsenal, uh, you can get geared up and be ready to go. And you can ask questions and you can uh, feel, feel, you know, just you, you should be like a sponge anytime you're going on a fishing trip. Eddie Leland is a guy that has run boats for many, many years and he's still a sponge. He'll listen and want to soak up any information that's relevant to getting a fish on the boat. So I highly, you're, you're absolutely right. That is such good recommendation. And, and those counts get skewed when you say it's one out of five. The guys that have the right gear are way above that average. They're getting, you know, every other fish or, or even better than that sometimes.
1: They are doing it. And then you talk about fishing up there in Ventura. I think uh, Cisco's reported that they are had a fisherman that is plying for a, uh, a world record for a largest sea bass uh, in its pound test. So there's still not only some great rock fishing up there, but there's still great white sea bass to be had up there.
12: Yeah, and uh, you know they, they they may get a rebite on the yellows up there. Sea bass fishing can be great in the fall, and uh, I don't uh, you, you just don't know what to expect with this beautiful weather, John, and the warm water that is still around. The bonus bite of 2016 is headed right for Thanksgiving.
1: Hey, the uh, the sands of time are quickly running through that hourglass, fill. We also happen to mention that there's going to be a little bit of a change in Phil Friedman's life. And, and the time that we have left, to tell us a little bit with, I'm going to say this last time, what the heck is happening with Phil.
12: Hey, listen, this is the last report. If you don't want any reports from Shanghai, China, I intend to go out and find some damn good fishing there also, John, and be calling into you. So uh, make sure you're you're ready for those updates, because I'll definitely be doing that. Well, my son Patrick Thought about joining the Peace Corps. Uh, I recommended that he do it. Uh, Then he got me looking into some stuff. I thought about going back into teaching. Make a long story short, I got a great offer from a prestigious school near Shanghai, China, in uh, a city called Kunshan. And it was just such a sweet deal. And I had that wanderlust again. I wanted to travel. I had thought about going back to Latin America or Mexico because I speak Spanish. And I thought... Based on the advice that Will Ebersman, my mother, uh, my brother from another mother, uh, gave me, he said you should get out of your comfort zone, and go learn another language, and you know, completely get out there. And I go, you know. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. So uh I'm gonna be over there. I'm gonna be reporting on some outdoor stuff. I'm gonna do you know, start leaning into the culture, the people, food a lot. I'm I'm an expert on that. All you gotta do is look at me, John, you know that. <laughs> and my two boys, Patrick and Philip, are gonna start running the fishing part back here in the US. So you might have them on your show on a regular basis, filling in for the old man. But really looking forward to it. Uh my wife Ruth is gonna to go to Costa Rica and stay with her mother who's ill for a little bit and then she's gonna come over to uh, China for a little bit and uh, see if she can hang with that. And then uh, the boys are planning on coming over. Will is going to be coming over. Will Ebersman is going to run our charity stuff here, so he'll be taking care of Takati, Mexico this year with over 50000 bucks worth of jerseys going down that way. So, it is a change, John, but you'll be As long as I I get the feeling one of us are going to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning when I'm doing the radio show from Shanghai. But we'll find a way to uh, check in with you on a regular basis because uh, your friendship means that much to me, John. It really and truly does.
1: Well, Phil, you know we wish you the best, but I would look forward immensely to getting a fishing report on what's happening uh, in Hong Kong or some of the inshore areas uh, around there we also we need to uh, know how's the best way to eat Peking duck because it's uh, uh, it's a, a big big food over there uh, i recall that from when i was over there back uh, in the late 90s uh, what an adventure you're going to be on and please 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 stay in contact with us let us know what's happening are are we going to be able to stay in contact with you Absolutely. It's
12: part of the plan, John. I, I mean, your friendship means too much to me and all the wonderful folks out there. That's the hard part. It really, really is. There are so many good people that I've met fishing. Uh, it's really, really hard, but I do want to try my best to learn Span- or to learn uh, Chinese. Uh, I need a year to do that. I know that from learning Spanish, and this is an even more difficult language, so yeah. I'm going to uh, really work hard at that, And uh, but I'm going to stay in touch. I'll uh, be reporting on all kinds of crazy cultural things and try to keep it outdoor based fishing based so it'll be of interest to all the folks out there but definitely you can count on that john and and once again you are you're not one of the good guys you're the best in radio and i mean that from a technical point the way you run your show and everything else and also it's just a great human being hard to beat john cassidy and you can tell your your check arrived here also so we're even (laughs)
1: hey we are going to look forward to hearing from you from time to time the Shanghai, even if it's a recorded uh, a message, you know you can send it to us because you know some people like to sleep at three o'clock in the morning instead of sitting around <laughs> listening to radio shows. So, and so definitely, John. We wish you the best, the best for your families. We'll also keep in contact with the boys. And I, uh, I, I, I am just amazed that also instead of just uh, taking off and leaving everything hanging that you got people like Will and the boys to continue the great work that you were doing south of the border down here. So uh, congratulations on putting that all together, and I know we will speak be speaking to you from time to time.
12: John, God bless you, and God bless everybody out there listening, and I will be talking to you here shortly. Probably give me a week to settle in. In two weeks, I'll be coming to you from Kunshan, just about 20 minutes from Shanghai, China.
1: All right. Phil Friedman with the last report that we're going to be getting for maybe at least a little while with what the heck is Phil thinking. Phil, not only thank you for the times that you've unselfishly given up some of your Sunday nights to be with us, but more importantly, thank you for your friendship and all the great advice that you provided over the course of these past few years.
12: Same to you, John. Thank you so very much, and thank you to all the listeners.
1: All right, hey, we're going to take a break right now. But coming up in the next hour, Troy Linder is going to be with us. He's going to give us the lowdown on a brand new one hundred percent electric outboard motor that he's been testing that will soon be coming on on the market. Also, Rick Grover from Anglers Marine is going to be telling us about the two thousand seven sixteen Bassathon, and and we're also going to get a report from Captain James Nelson. What's happening off our local waters? Still plenty of more rod and reel radio to come. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages.
0: knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth a short drive from anywhere in Southern California,
1: Broadway and East Main at El Cajon,
0: or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com.
1: Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends? but are a bit set back with just what company to go with rod and reel radio urges you to try american and family-owned lands End charters lands End charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family run business with over 50 years of experience go to LandsendCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call cobble greg or jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing
5: if the fish are biting i'm on my boat rain or shine of course i wear my life jacket It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
6: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
7: Adventures. Call today HDM 90 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
8: Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all new for 2016 Icon PT to the tour to the brand new redesigned smoke reel. We've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum. We are performance tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or Angler's Mesa at 619-466-8355.
11: Rodden Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe
12: to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are
11: available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now.
13: Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford.
1: And we want to welcome you all back to Raw Real Radio. I am your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Uh, Stan Vandenberg tonight, he's on the Indianapolis, and he's on a long-range trip. He's going to be gone for the next 10 days or so. And Wendy right now is attending a special dinner for Dave Hansen. So uh, I'm here manning the helm by myself. But, hey, let's see what we can do for the next hour. I think we've got some great guests lined up for you. Our next guest is a a pro-angler that we have from time to time. A lot of times we talk about fishing, but tonight we're going to talk about one of the more exciting products that could be coming down the pike here in the not-too-distant future. Let me introduce our listening audience to Mr. Troy Linder. Troy, welcome to the show, sir.
9: Hey, thank you very much. Great to be here.
1: Hey, uh, it is great having you. You know, I'm sorry that I missed you. I know you've been fishing down here in san diego this past week you were at otai you were at El cap you were at san vicente you just finished the uh, Mm -hmm. aba tournament over at otai but not only were you fishing down here you were trying out an exciting new product and you you want to give us a, a a little bit of background on just what it is that you're working on and how's it working
9: yeah it's it's uh it's called the pure outboard it's from a company called pure watercraft which is based in seattle and they make an electric outboard and basically trying to become, uh, I guess the, they've been called the Tesla of, sure. um, you know, Tesla of outboards. And, it, and, it, and uh, I was able to fish a couple tournaments with it, obviously a little bit different uh, outside of my, my 20-foot Ranger boat with the 250. I'm fishing these tournaments in a 16-foot Lund with a 40-horsepower electric and, uh, and having a lot of fun. I enjoy the challenge. And the, the outboard and the technology is 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 a game changer and will absolutely um, change the outboard industry in the years to come.
1: Well, I know uh, <laughs> with uh, not only yourself but your dad, you've been involved with a lot of innovations when it comes to uh, uh, freshwater fishing. But this really sounds exciting, Troy. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the technology and what's involved and. What? How does this differ from the regular carbureted or gas fueled uh, outboard motors that we currently are using?
9: Yes, the outboard itself is just one model. So from nine point, they can change it because they, they can program it. They can actually change it from an, to be a nine point nine all the way up to a what is a twenty seven horsepower. But the propulsion equivalent like the one that I have, of a 40-horsepower. It weighs about 92 pounds, which is very similar. You know, well, it's about a lot lighter than a 40-horse, but, oh, you yeah. know, very similar to a 9.9. 9. And a couple different battery packs that go with it, you can just use, if you have a 9.9, 9, you know, a single battery pack would charge it. And the battery packs weigh around, you know, they're around 90 pounds. It operates at 350 volts. Uh, which is very high, a little bit different than the thirty-six volt trolling motor yeah. that, that I have, and and the capacity for the battery packs are six thousand kilowatts, and the cells inside are uh, similar; they're the same cells used in Tesla vehicles. So the lithium cells inside are incredibly powerful. It's energy dense, you know, as, as energy dense as we as we can be right now, especially with a completely waterproof pack. Everything, including the outboard, can be submerged. Uh, you know, up to a few meters for a half an hour. It's, uh, I think they call it IP67. So there's a rating that it has to pass to be able to. So if the whole boat, you know, goes underwater, it's fine, including all the wiring, electrics, everything. It's it's totally safe. But the power and the torque is amazing because of the, if you've ever been in an electric vehicle, you know the torque, the starting. You know, it's, it's basically like if you put your trolling motor on 100, you hit it, you hit the, you know, you punch it, it can almost throw you out of the boat if you're going left or right. The same thing with this. If you punch it, you get immediate power. I mean, you're up on plane like a little one with two people. It just takes about three seconds, and we're up on plane. And the prop spins. You know, at a max uh, RPM of about 1,500, and the the blade is 16 inch blade because there's so much torque. You can go with a lower RPM and a bigger blade. And there's no gears or there's no like spark plugs and and um, a lot less parts. yeah, there's yeah. no nothing the the cooling there's no water intake either. It's pretty much zero maintenance besides plugging in to charge it when you get it. and uh, there's no water intake. There's an internal cooling loop that just keeps it cool. so it doesn't take in any water. you don't have to drain it. If you take it out in the salt water and you can take it to the fresh water next day it doesn't you know just rinse it off. it's fine. there's not nothing. you don't have to flush it out um, every time you leave the lake.
1: Well, tell us about uh, what it sounds like mm -hmm. when you fire this thing up. I mean, uh, I'm used to hearing the kaboom, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, in in the carbureted engines, you leave in a cloud of smoke, uh, you hear the grinding Mm -hmm. of the starter. What's the sequence that you go through now?
9: You just uh, hit a button, it turns on, you hear the battery packs turn on, it's a little click, that's just the computers inside the battery packs, and it's on. A light turns on, and then you just push it forward or back, and... There's no shifting, so the, the prop rotates one way, rotates the other way, so there's no shifting involved. As you normally would have to shift the gears. So there's so much, the, there's a lot less parts that can go bad, and it's made, thing is made to last at least 10 years. And the battery packs, their cycle life, they have it at about 1,500. You know, if you were to drop them all the way down, 1,500 days on the water, you know, if you're just fishing half days, you're talking 3,000 days.
1: Wow. Um, How about... How about the rigging? Uh, uh, when these things come out, uh, is the current rigging that's on the boat can it be adapted to this motor, or do you have to really uh, uh, start from scratch when it comes to the rigging?
9: It's very, very simple. The, you know, we have the kind of the prototype that I've been fishing with down here, and it, it'll be so much more streamlined. I've seen some, you know, some of the designs for you know what it's going to look like in production it'll just be absolutely incredible and this it's just a simple you just plug you just take a, a cable you plug it into your outboard plug it into the batteries and then you plug it into the boat and that's it wow um how about and, the- and then it can be charged the charging sorry the the charging just goes from regular wall outlet so you have a charger and it just plugs into a regular 120 volt uh, 20 volt outlet
1: well, and, and, and that's the next question I want. I mm-hmm. want to ask you. you. You came down here on Wednesday. You fished Wednesday. You fished Thursday. You fished Friday. You fished in a tournament. What did you do with regards mm-hmm. to charging? And were you able to get up a full charge for every day of fishing? And how long did the uh, normal charge last?
9: Yeah, it, it depends on the speed because it's I guess you're dealing with the you know the battery capacity with this like this one boat that I have a 16 foot the, the setup we have uh, a 16 foot Lund fury we have the battery packs you know in the uh, and you know a couple guys in the boat you can you can go my gosh I let's see I know we can go I, mean, I had the readouts like at five miles per hour I think uh, 10 depending on that 10 to 20 hours. At five six miles per hour depending on wind wow. um and you know 10 to 15 miles you know at that speed so depending on what lake you are you know and, and cruising around but but many of the lakes you know you can't go over 20 you know like otai and that 25 miles per hour and you know in some of these smaller san diego lakes uh, it's
1: it's really nice i i've got to ask you because I'm sure that you probably have fished Diamond Valley you've got to go through an inspection of Diamond Valley did you just keep your mouth uh, you know <laughs> tight when it came time to inspect uh, the outboard uh, when you fish Diamond Valley
9: it was it was it was an interesting, you know Tom that works there Tom did the inspection if you fish DVL you know Tom Stan they're great guys over there and we it, it's there's no like howling because it's just in the top if you see the photos online, there's no cowling. It's just a computer inside. The motor is in the, you know, if you think of your, very similar to what you have in your trolling motor, the motor is down in the, the bottom by the blade. Same thing with this. And, yeah, we went to the inspection, and the guy kind of looks at it, and he says, you know, from the front, he like, you have no motor. You walk around the back, you can see it, and he's like, what is this? What, you know, it was the, and it was the first time they put the make of the motor, you know, it was the very first time, I think, at DVL or probably any lakes. you. Um, the motor inspection you put pure watercraft is the make of it. And and it cruises around, you know, D V L is a pretty big lake and, you know, it's at slow speeds, you know, you can get around on there. And the power, you know, at production the, the battery should be a little bit a little bit stronger, but, but the technology it's going there. It's getting better every single year. And Just this a, is it's it's a, incredible to be a part of. It's uh, awesome.
1: Just tell us a little bit about the uh, the the company that's behind this uh, Pure Watercraft. Uh, uh, who are some of the constituents behind it, and uh, uh, you know how how they come up with this idea?
9: This the the CEO creator Andy Reilly. He actually grew up, you know, in Southern California and actually grew up fishing Otai and which is kind of, you know, kind of, he, he was down there at the weigh-in for the ABA. He came down to see it. It was kind of like his childhood to see it, you know, to see a place that he grew up fishing and then to see a project, something that he's poured so much into. And he started this company, I think, almost six years ago on his own and assembled an incredible team over the years to start an electric, a high-performance electric outboard. And it's funny that, um, you know, I reached out to them about this a while ago. And I've been looking at something like this. I, I approached a couple other companies about two years ago, and I I contacted them and, and, and I won't name the companies, but I said I want you know I want to fish in the future. I'd love to, to be fishing the Bass Opens and FLW Tour with an electric outboard, you know. And I'm I'm thinking five to ten years down the line, um, and it didn't it didn't go anywhere with them. Uh, and I reached out to them and and uh, I said I believe I could see you know years down the line. I said I could see where they're going. I said I absolutely believe in what you're doing. You know, if you've seen my bass, but I have the solar panels on the deck. You know, so I believe in this renewable energy, clean energy, um, especially for our lakes to keep our lakes, you know, healthy. And and um, I flipped to Seattle after you know we spoke a lot. I flipped to Seattle, and he actually came out to ICAST, and and it was great. You know, the team up there, they um, they work really hard, and the technology, what they put in, because. They developed both the outboard and the battery pack. So it's a, they, they have um, a unique system that the battery It's not just hooking it up to a big lithium system. This battery system is designed for the outboard to optimize yep. performance.
1: You know, uh, Troy, when do you think that uh, we might be seeing this commercially available in the market, and what do they plan to do for a dealer system?
9: Uh, the dealer system, I don't know. That I'm not sure. Um I know they're working on all that, and the, the first production um, of, like, you know, the first units will be out next mid-2017, I'm not sure exactly, you know, May, June, something around that, and then uh, and then the following year or after that they'll get into um, higher production. And it's, it's amazing to see something like this. If you think of what Tesla did, Tesla first came out with the Model S, you know, then the Model X and then the Model 3 and the dream for Tesla was the Model 3. This is what Andy's doing and his team. They're basically starting with the Model 3. They're starting with, you know, the 9.9 to 40 horsepower market, which is a gigantic share of fishing across the world. You know, even in our lakes down here, if you've got, you know, a small aluminum boat, a 40 horse can push it really good. And, 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 you know, and, and even out fishing tournaments with it, I'm able to fish and be competitive with it. You know, from what I've seen this week on our lakes, you know, I wouldn't take it out in the Great Lakes, or I'm not taking it out to Mead. And and this is a start. I mean, this is definitely um, a start of of uh, what you'll see in the future. And and I'm tired of going to the gas pump as yeah. well and just uh, how about things hate it.
1: like uh, power trim and and lifting uh, trimming of the motor up and down. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. What what's that? do you have to trim this motor? Uh, uh, to, the production you know. ones,
9: yeah, the, the yeah the the new models. This this prototype here, um, this was an early prototype. It doesn't have trim, and the the uh, the new ones will be integrated with that. Absolutely.
1: All right, and mm-hmm. and the props uh, are there. Standard props available on the market. Uh, do you use a new prop? Is it a two blade, a three blade, a four blade, or what?
9: It's a three blade uh, three blade prop, and they make it themselves. They make the entire system. Themselves.
1: Wow, mm-hmm. and and I guess the big thing people are going to ask when it comes to a comparable cost to uh, mm-hmm. a, a fuel-driven uh, engine, uh, what are they looking at right now? Do they any projection on that?
9: They uh, are still working that out. Long term, it's very similar. You know, if you look at the life, if, if you look at the the lifespan, you know, of a forty horse and what you would spend on maintenance, you know, every year. And you uh, and you divide that up into long term costs. It's very similar, and they'll have more numbers on all that, and I'll be able to answer that better very soon.
1: Well, wow, you know that mm-hmm. this is exciting technology, Troy, and and mm-hmm. I got to commend you too for uh, getting on the ground floor. <laughs> Bob, I, I can't think of a better person that they can talk to to give them feedback on <laughs> oh, thank the you. ins and outs and what's happening. I'm I'm uh, I'm sure uh, up in Seattle they might go. Uh, it's that lender guy again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
9: it, it, it's uh it's it's just the, the people that Andy and the whole team, Ed and Chris, and everybody there is so so great to work with, and they're so smart. I mean, when they're talking, to, I mean, you're talking about a three, you know, working with a 350 volt system. I mean, it's just the, the when they're explaining, when I met with the engineers, they're explaining like the programming of it. I'm like, okay, all right, it's just I don't quite understand. You know, like, explain a little bit slower to me. It's fast, absolutely fascinating how it all integrates and works together. Hey, and we, uh, we uh, mm-hmm,
1: uh, go ahead. We want uh, you know. I know you've been fishing down here in San Diego. Uh, you made the rounds. Uh, uh, newly mm-hmm. opened uh, Lake San Vicente. Uh, how did you find that compared to the way? Or do you have any remembrance of the way it used to be?
9: I fished San Vicente only one time before this week and i was happy to get out there for for a couple days this week and it was incredible it was uh, you know the fishing was real, you know I, I it was slow but it was still it was the bet you know it was better than otai uh and better you know than dvl right now and we caught holy cow we caught some ed we were out there the other day i just posted on instagram you know some of the big some of the big panfish that you can get down there ice jigging in the trees I thought oh, they were bass oh drop yeah dropping it down there and you can, you know you set the hook i think i'm thinking these are bass they're marking big i'm like drop it down you set the hook you're like oh my gosh and you see them swimming around they're the size of they're huge they're gigantic um,
1: well you know with the voracious is so as the bass are over there that uh, anything that's left when it comes to a panfish or a sunfish or a brib or anything like that has to be pretty substantial
9: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that lake you know it, it had a good amount of pressure you know even in, in the midweek over there but it was still there's a you know there's so many fish deep out there there's there, there's so many trees and and all the flooded flooded cover that's out there and you know and then you'd mark big school just driving across the lake you just mark a school here a school there a pot of bait and and i think the tournaments i'm looking forward to get to those tournaments you know in january out there i think you'll see some really good weights you know some of the fish are skinny you know you've seen some of the the photos of, it, but they're still they're still eating and they're still big
1: yeah, the you fishermen know are, figure, are figuring mm-hmm. it out for sure. Hey, Troy, yeah. if we want to find out more information about the uh, the Pure Watercraft uh, 100% electric outboard motor, where can people mm-hmm. go to uh, get that information?
9: Yeah, their website is purewatercraft.com, and also I have a, a couple videos up on my Facebook page, Troy Linder Fishing, and then also on uh, my Instagram page, Troy Linder, you can see... You can see some information. I posted some stuff about them. Uh, and also, they're on they're on Facebook as well, Pure Watercraft. And, uh, again, their website is purewatercraft.com.
1: All right. Troy Linder, uh, mm-hmm. always getting involved with all kinds of great projects. This is really <laughs> an exciting one. I want to thank you mm-hmm. very much. I know you've been on the road a lot. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for taking some time to be with us, sir.
9: Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I always look forward to it.
1: We look forward to having you on back because there's always something fun that you're getting into, Troy, and, and we need to know <laughs> about it, okay?
9: All right. Thank you. Thank uh, you.
1: All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Coming up next, the Southern California Shore Report with Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come.
10: Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net.
5: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
6: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways
8: Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
5: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
6: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
14: Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and
1: Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. The great fishing here in Southern California continues. Not only as we heard from uh, Phil Friedman, the bluefin fishing, uh, rock fishing, but also our inshore fishing in the bay and off our immediate coast. And who better to tell us what's happening out there as the fish icon himself captain james nelson captain james welcome to the show well great thanks for having me it's always <laughs> good to be here it is good having you james you know this week i i don't know if it's been just the great weather we've been experiencing or it's just the way the schedule goes i've been following you on facebook and man what a variety of fish that you've come across this past week with uh, your clients
13: it, it's been pretty fun john this was uh i did six days in a row this week and it's kind of kind of fun coming off of all that
1: well if i'm not mistaken too you know we we're, a lot of times we're talking to you about uh fishing the bays in the immediate uh, coastal area but i think you had a client that said hey let's go out one day and and find out what's happening at san vicente and did not you have a chance to go out there
13: we ha- I had a couple trips this week, okay. so I had one on Thursday and then had one today, and so it was it was really fun because that the fish out there they're fun they're fun mode right now. It's it's kind of you have to stay awake because uh, the bites are real soft, uh, whether you're using artificials or even with live shiners for that matter. They're still it's a soft bite, and if you're not awake for it. You can miss it, you know, and you're and they're deep. So we're we've caught fish today as deep as seventy six feet, and uh, it's it's something that you like. I said you have to stay awake for, but they're there, and you know the fisher are, are willing to participate, uh, whether it seems like they are or not. <laughs> you know they're they're eating.
1: <laughs> you know we uh, and Jim in in the past weeks we've been urging the fishermen to. Uh, Use a barotrauma trauma device like the rock lease. When you say you had fish coming out of seventy feet, were there any fish that you had to use the rock lease on?
13: Uh, no, John, because we release them right away, it's, and that that helps too. I, you see a lot of guys right now. Uh, you know, social media the way it is, everybody likes posting pictures. I'm not going to say I don't. Obviously, I do, and uh, but there's some folks that like posting pictures of the total catch and or even in cases where, of course, when we used to fish tournaments, you put those fish in the live well, and they sit there without the regular head pressure on top of them at seven pounds per gallon at waterways, so they sit there and they don't have that hold them down, and uh, after a while of that, they'll, they'll tend to belly up and not necessarily die, as long as you can get them down there with your rock leaves, uh, then that helps, but I think that's where where guys are having an issue. But if you release them right away, you know, take a picture of the fish right then and by himself and then just release them right away. And I like to give them a little head flip so they, they tail kick as soon as they hit the water. Then that really helps. But there have been times uh, last week where we did use the Rockleys. But most of the time, if you get them back in the water right away, they'll take off.
1: All right. Well, hey, and you know, I happen to see uh, on your Facebook page, because you say you do post pictures and normally you post pictures of the first fish that uh, your clients catch man what what beautiful leopard sharks you had uh, uh, come out of the bay this week you know we have
13: we've been getting a lot of really nice leopard sharks and it's really it's something special i you know they're such a beautiful fish and there's just no doubt about it i mean they come up and they you know they're just they look hand painted with just beauty and it's just something else they're just the most amazing fish.
1: If if there's uh, just a, a general technique that you can, you know, pass on to us on, on one of the ways that uh, your clients catch slipper fish, you, uh, d- tell us about that.
13: You know, it's meat and time, John. That's the most amazing uh, thing about them. Is they're, they're not the most difficult fish to catch. Uh, they do like uh, hangout. so I do have spots that, that i found that they hang out a lot more on. But even with that, you can catch them just fishing ledges just like you would any other fish. Fish like drop-off, that's pretty much a a given. So you can catch them that way without necessarily having to go out of your way to find spots like I have. And if you do find a spot where you catch one, mark that, because I can almost guarantee you can come back any other time and and find more. But uh, that's it. It's just meat and time. Throw some meat. Uh, We've been getting them on mackerel. We get them on squid at times, Uh, sardines, just Get some meat down there, throw it out there with a the little slider rig, just like you're fishing for catfish. Put in the rod holder, and you could either stare at the rod, sit and wait, or grab it. What we do is we grab our little rods and throw grubs around, and we sometimes catch more mackerel, and sometimes we catch bass, and you never know, even halibut that way. So it's it, just... that, that's the key is just time. You know, oh. give it time, let it let it soak. Eventually, uh, that that shark or a ray or something else is going to come eat that hunk of meat. And if you catch a shark there today, a leopard shark, chances are you found something that he'll be back on again the next time you come out.
1: Are these uh, uh, seasonal fish? Uh, Are we getting into a time where it's uh, more prevalent uh, that you can catch these in the bay, or is this uh, just an all-year-round phenomenon, uh, Jim?
13: Well, it's a little bit of both, John. That's a really great question because, uh, you know, when it comes to what I call the home bodies the ones that really have their little spot, their piece of concrete, their sunken sabbath, or whatever that's down there, shopping cart that's down there that they call their home, those guys I can catch almost year-round. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to bite every time I show up, but I can catch them, doesn't matter what month it is. But uh, But as far as their actual migration, when you start seeing a larger number of them in the bay, is usually uh, late spring, like I'd say April, May, and then kind of tapers off usually around August, September, and uh, that's necessarily their you know spawning and, and mating habits. Uh, this time of year, it, uh, really, we're catching more of the homebodies than we are the travelers, the the wayfarers that are just cruising the bay.
1: And the. the, the a couple of pictures that I thought they were just not only were they outstandingly beautiful fish but they were huge and it it looked like the one you had a a lady that was out there that has been out with you several times because I know you 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 have a lot of repeat customers come along because of the quality of service that you have but that fish looked like it was over 60 inches
13: yeah. You know, it helps having a smaller lady <laughs> hold it up. <laughs> but we, we do; we we get some that are that are definitely bigger than the adults that are holding them.
1: <laughs> I know, Chuck and I uh, we really uh, catch a lot of small fish, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Captain James, uh, uh, if people want to check your schedule, find out uh, where to go to get in this. Uh, great fishing you're doing, or even book a trip to do uh, freshwater, because not only do you offer San Vicente, but you offer uh, El Capitan, Otai, and some of the other bodies of water here in Southern California when they're available. How's the best way to get a hold of you?
13: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, with, whether it's the lakes or the bay or even local kelp, this is gonna it's going to start turning on, get ready for that rockfish bite before it sh- shuts off legally. So, uh, yeah, just Check out the website, thefishicon.com, or you can give me a call at 619-395-0799.
1: Captain James Nelson, the Fish Icon, thanks a lot for spending some of your Sunday with us, Jim. Appreciate it, and you have a great week, and we look forward to speaking to you again next week here on Rod and Reel Radio. You betcha, John. Always a pleasure, and then talk to you next week. All right. Thanks a lot, Captain James Nelson. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next... We're going to speak to the guy that is owner-operator of Angler's Marine and responsible for this being the 30th anniversary of absolutely one of the most epic uh, bass uh, uh, you know, seminar situations you'd ever find here in Southern California, the Bassathon. So stay tuned. Coming up next, Rick Grover from Angler's Marine. Stay tuned. I'll be back after these messages.
9: Movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at
4: www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com.
11: 7262 or just spell Bass Boat. one 800 boat. I know, there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's one 800 boat, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM
5: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
6: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
1: Hey, welcome back to uh, Ron Real Reel Radio, everyone. You know, November rolls around, and what comes to mind? Well, the end of daylight saving time, Thanksgiving, and being with the family. But you know what? The thing that we really take great pleasure in thinking about is the bassathon at angler's marine and coming up on november the 19th and 20th it's the 30th anniversary of this epic event and with us is rick grover from angler's marine to tell us some of the particulars of this year's bassathon rick welcome to rod and reel radio hey guys
14: thank you very much for having us on it's been a it's been a long run man we've all been there you know i mean 30th bassathon unbelievable huh?
1: Uh, Rick, you know, before we start talking about this year's, if you can think back, you know, you've had uh, 29 other events uh, uh, throughout the years. Is there any incident or story or something that happened at one of them that, that you go, oh, never again? Or, hey, I wish it happened like that every time.
14: well, I, I think I think that one of the best oh nevers again was uh, there was a couple years when we had there was a couple one year when we had fish Fish burn, and everybody knows how funny he is. Sure. And uh, he was doing a seminar and he was up on the stage that we have. And I remember he had a uh, stuffed cat tied to the end of his uh, rod that he was using to flip the pitch to and he, for some reason, decided that he wanted to cast that cat, and he cast that cat and hit the fluorescent light bulbs that were over his head, and they all blew up and exploded and all came crashing on the stage. Uh, That was on a Saturday. Then the next day we had him do a seminar on the bass tank that was actually inside the showroom, and he was showing how to fish a tube, okay? And so he cast his tube out and it snagged on this log that was in there, so what did he do? He just dove right in with all his clothes on, just went down there and got it. So, I mean, uh, some of the things I remember, the, one of the other ones I remember when uh, ESPN and Byron Velvet had their Bass Center show. I know they did the Bass Center show live from the bass That was one of the highlights. But it's been a great run, and, you know, we've had all the best bass fishermen on the planet from, you know, KVD to Bill Dance to me all the great local guys, Aaron Martins multiple times, I mean, you name it, uh, they've all been there, and, and the introduction uh, of some of the best bass fishing tackle staples that are still used today all started at the Bassathon, I mean, the Green Weenie Worm, Lucky Craft Lure Company, how about the Senko? Yeah. Introduced used at the Bassathon, you know, um, the Huddleston Swimbait, you know, just the Triple Trout, any of the... Crazy stuff that's all in use today and still in play today that's uh, the chatterbait. I mean, just crazy things that you would think that every guy has in the tackle box, and a lot of that stuff all started at the Bassthon. So,
1: well, so it's many, been
14: a great run, and we, we, we've enjoyed really putting it on for everybody.
1: You know, the Bassathon, though, is just so many other things. There, there's a lot of aspects to it. It, it. First of all, it's the personalities that each and every year. You know, uh, when it comes to March and April, we're thinking about the Bassathon. We're going to go, who's Rick going to bring in this year? And you look at the lineup and the people that you bring in, number one, but the accessibility that you make for us guys that are the general public and that are watching ESPN and Bassmasters and FLW and and all these tournaments that – we can actually come up to these guys and see that they are, they are living, breathing flesh and blood uh, and take pictures. My gosh, how many thousands and thousands of pictures have there been taken at the Bassathon with some of the top pros in the country over the past 30 years?
14: Yeah, and this year is no exception. I mean, and we really went back to some of the all-time greats that have ever come. I know that uh, the very first Bassathon we had, uh, is one of the speakers this year, Ricky Clun, was at the very first one, sure. and, you know, voted ESPN greatest bass hanger of all time, Jimmy Houston. You know, we're, we're thinking about having a laugh-off between Jimmy Houston and Johnny Johnson, this year's <laughs> U.S. Open winner. They're both going to do seminars. So uh, they'll they'll be really a funny pair. Chris Dahlgain, one of the best young West Coast bassmaster elite anglers. And as far as I'm concerned, the best sight fisherman of all time, Shaw Grigsby. Uh, he's going to be there to go along with uh, Byron Velvet. going to do a little swim bait seminar uh, and some incredible tackle specials. I know that, uh, you know, Powell Rods is going to have a buy one, get one free program. There's mm. uh, all the new Optima stuff that's coming out, the Butch Brown, Sumper Tail bait, they're all going to be there. World debut of all that stuff. So uh, it should be really, really exciting.
1: You know, over the past 30 years, It's just incredible to think about all the new innovations that have come out, whether it's in electronics or if it's in boating because of the fact we know that uh, you are, you know, one of the number one ranger dealers, uh, you're number one mercury dealer just about in the the country. All the innovations that have come out from there. And most of that stuff has all been introduced at the Bassathon. I've been fortunate enough to be a a part of the Bassathons for a long time. And I remember when, you know, the AC plugs, the Alan Coles were there. Uh, yeah. Uh, a, yeah. A lot of the the early, early um, uh, swim baits were there, and the guys were, you know, whittling them out of broomsticks or whatever to, to show us exactly what this new technology is going to mean for us, and, and look at how it's evolved.
14: Yeah, it's uh it's it's really incredible when when you think of the fact that John, I know that you and Stan and Ken and I all started when there was Laurent flashers, and then you go from you know Don Seifert doing a flasher seminar at the very first Bassathon, yeah, and then now to the incredible you know HDS technology fish finders that Laurent puts out today. Uh, you know, look at look at just look how far we've advanced. You know, one of the other things that we worked on for this year's show that I know that. Dan and had a little bit of input on, and John, you're really going to enjoy is that our good buddy George Kramer this year always comes out at the Bassathon with the top 40 California bass anglers uh, for the for the current year. And this year, uh, you're going to see come out in the bath-a-thon, uh insert in the Western Outdoor News. Uh, George and his craft bass angler assessment team uh, have come out with the top 40 bass anglers over the last 30 years. And um, there's some great history there with some world-class great guys, some good San Diego guys you're going to see in there. Uh, and, and in George's opinion, uh, the most influential and the best 30 ba- uh, 40 bass langers over the last 30 years in the state of California. A real honor for anyone to be on that list. So uh, that's, that's also
1: coming out. Well, needless to say, the events of the past week when it came to the elections, uh, that didn't create anywhere near the stir that George Kramer and you guys are going to create with this new (laughs) list coming out. That's going to be great. Uh, And it's going to be good to see who makes that list and to sit there and go, well, why isn't this lady or why isn't this guy on here? Because uh it's all in great fun and and what an honor it would be to be on there but you know let's yeah, talk to, there's, there's definitely
14: some John. There's definitely a few in the top 10 that i thought were fairly not controversial definitely guys that should have made the top 40 but really had high rankings in george's eyes and uh but uh, it makes for some great reading and uh, will definitely bring us back to a lot of the blasts in the past from some of the Absolutely, most influential guys that uh, the state of California has ever seen in the bass fishing
1: marketplace. And, you know, Rick. Let's talk a little bit about Angler's Marine. This is the thirtieth anniversary of the Bassathon, but Angler's Marine has been around a lot longer than that. And in this business of uh, fishing dealers and boat dealers, that is uh, that's almost an eternity. What what has been, you think the the uh, the ingredients that have gone together to make anglers marine, give it the longevity that it has.
14: It's, it's, it's really pretty easy. Um, A is that we have great product lines to sell. We, have, we always take our customers first. The customers are always first. Without customers, you're not in business. Um, and we bend over backwards to make sure that our customers are happy. We're very proud of the high CSI ratings we get from the, from the boat lines and the, fuel, and the motor lines we sell. Um, and I have great employees. I mean, I've always had great employees. I've had very, very long-term great employees. Uh, just lost one of our, my all-time favorite ones, Art Bailey. Just moved down to San Diego store, yeah. moved out to Ohio. But uh, have a great replacement for him down there in Gene at the Brook. And Curtis, those guys do a great job. But up at the Anaheim store, you know, our sales manager, Mark, tackle manager, John, service manager, Jordan, all those guys do really a great, great job. And we have very, very good boat lines that uh, – are uh, really, It really stood the test of time. And, um, you know, we try to be as fair as we can. Boats have gotten expensive, um, and we we do our best to try and sell boats that meet all the criteria for whatever, you know, whatever and, your finances call for.
1: And that's what the bass thon is really all about when it comes to anglers, Marine, because not only are there the great lineup of speakers that you have, the, the most fantastic deals and some of the most up-to-date tackle you can buy, one worm if you want you can buy a complete electronic system but when it comes to fishing you offer the total package and and the boats the boats that you offer the vessels whether or not they be pleasure boats fishing boats party boats whatever it is you've got what what the, the recreational public needs there
14: well we sell we sell the, the... The biggest lines that we sell are really make up about 85% of the backboat sales total in the country. We sell Ranger, Nitro, Triton, biggest three there are. We sell the number one selling Ponzi boat line, uh, Sun Tracker, and we sell the number one selling family boat line, Bayliner. And, uh, you know, those, those make for a lot of, a lot of, you know, wheels heading out the driveway. So, uh, a lot of fun. You know, Ranger is, uh, really, the premium line uh, in the basketball business, it's you know right on the cutting edge of uh, technology every single year. The quality is second to none, and uh, it's a great company to deal with. They're really, really big on taking care of the customers.
1: You know, Rick, You know, it's always good to see new business and new fishermen out there, but also one of the uh, satisfying things is to see the repeat business and the guys that come back And uh, get new, updated boat and equipment from you. It's got to be very satisfying to you and your staff.
14: Yeah, you know, any dealer can sell somebody one boat. Okay, when you're, you're, to to me, the gauge of success is when you sell them six or seven. You know, over a long period of time, and that's when you really know that you're doing something right. And uh, we have a great customer base, but a lot of repeat business and. Uh, you know, we we everybody that works there, we're all bass fishermen. Whether we're club level guys or you know tour level guys like Kyle, uh, you know, we're all bass fishermen. We speak the language, and uh, you know, we love the bass guys. Where a lot of other dealerships don't like the bass guys, they think they're very difficult to deal with. But that's our guy. You know,
1: we yeah, have well, our
14: own little slice of the pie, and uh, we love those guys
1: and when it comes to fishing uh, you know we could spend a whole nother segment on just the success that the old man has had uh, this year in FLW and and touring the country but let's go on to that at a later time In uh, the limited amount of time we have left let's make sure we've got the uh, the dates and the times uh, right for the 30th annual bassathon at Angler's Marine yeah,
14: it's Agnes Range, thirty-four seventy-five East La Palma Avenue in Anaheim. The show is just upcoming Saturday and Sunday, the nineteenth and twentieth of November. The doors will open at eight o'clock in the morning. We have a full in-and-out burger lunch truck for lunch, so you can just hang out all day. All this everything is free. All the there's a Lorenz workshop on How to Read your Fish Finders. Uh, there's all sorts of other side workshops on custom swim baits uh, lots of know Navi- how to read the Navionics charts and stuff that, uh, are out today and how to use your mapping systems on your boat. So lots of stuff. It's all free both days. You have a giant raffle on Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon late. Uh, it's always a lot of fun, tons of good stuff to give away at that. And, uh, you know, everything's on sale. So it's a lot of fun. And, uh, looking forward to it it's the highlight of our year
1: and if you missed any of this information pick up the latest version of western outdoor news and i know that you'll probably have a giant insert in there too uh, telling people all the ifs ands and buts the schedules what to do so refer back to western outdoor news hey rick we got a split right now but thanks a lot for taking some time to be with us and we look forward to seeing you on November you the 19th or the 20th at the uh, uh, Angler's Marine it. for the Pacific. Thank you, John. You. Thank you, Stan. Yeah, bye-bye. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to remind you, coming on up on uh, November the 26th, the Angler Swap Meet at Angler's Arsenal here in La Mesa. It's the annual fall event, so give us a call or go online at Rod Reel Radio or anglersarsenal.com to get an information on how you can be a seller here or how you can be, be a buyer. A well, that's you it, everyone. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen, thanks, thanks a lot for listening to uh, us tonight. We'll be back next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. on AM 540, on or check us out at com, or download you know us know, as an iPod broadcast on your favorite subscription iPod station. So. On behalf of all of us Jorge, thank you Ben Harvey thanks a lot for putting it all together good night everyone we'll see you next sunday night or better yet let's see you on the water this week good night how real gone
3: man you ain't